0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show episode number 176. This week we talk with Jeff Burdock about progressive web apps, how to stay competitive when other developers have over 20 years of mixed group experience, and Carl commits to a life of bacon and bacon shakes.
1: This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Aspose, the market leader in Java APIs for file business formats. Natively work with DocX, XSLX, PPT, PDF, MSG, MPP, image formats, and many more. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files, or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at
2: raygun.com.
0: This week we have Jeff Berthoff, Principal Program Manager in the Windows Group and Web App Advocate. How's it going, Jeff? How's it
2: going, Jeff? Going great. Thanks for having me, gentlemen.
0: Yeah, welcome back to the show.
2: Yes. (laughs) My second time. Third time? Second time. I
0: think it's the second time. So you get some kind of uh, special uh, second timer award or something. (laughs) Just talk to Carl. He just drops swag everywhere. Uh, So speaking of Carl, what's going on, Carl?
1: Not a whole lot. I actually just got back from some traveling. so Really? I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I did know that. So what do we have for the comment of the week? The comment of the week, uh, we actually got from Justin Thomas on Slack. Um, he had just reached out after uh, we got done recording the episode where uh, Ray Gun, we had the Ray to contest about the, the worst bugs you've seen. he's like, oh, is it too late to get it in? Because I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured, you know, hey, you know, it's too late for the ray gun contest, but it's not too late to win something from a spose. Mm-hmm. So he had actually found uh, a kernel bug in, um, in windows and, they admitted it was a bug, and they actually never fixed it, but put a little warning on a web page, and it's actually still out there. He says, you know, it has to do with like processing HTTP headers, and it's kind of arcane. I don't want to go into the details because reading random header tags uh, on a podcast doesn't sound entertaining to me. But it is a really cool story. So uh, once we finally fix our Slack, I know we can't get new people in there right now. Uh, <laughs> you guys can all check it out and read it for yourselves. Yeah. Well, Jeff can give us a live
0: update on that bug. Jeff? Uh, Yeah,
2: just in. Um, Headers are now being replaced.
0: (laughs) We're no longer using headers. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's all queries. It's
2: hitting the outer circle. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but it's not the web. No, No. (laughs) I'm I'm just (laughs) totally kidding.
1: Yeah, Uh, but if you want to get mentioned on this show like Justin, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com, comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We really like those five-star iTunes reviews or anywhere else you can get a hold of us.
0: Yes, we do. Okay, so let's jump into the news.
1: Speaking of iTunes. Yeah, iTunes won't be in the Microsoft Store this year. What? Yeah, so at Build, uh, we announced that iTunes would be uh, centennialized and put into the Windows Store. Mm Mm-hmm. And Microsoft, and or. the giveaway for
0: build was uh, flying pigs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's
0: this year. That's Shh. that's all that's that's surprising. You know, this was to everybody, um, and and I look forward to it because I well, still am looking forward to it because it's kind of a way to, in my mind, kind of quarantine iTunes and not have to run that archaic installer that they have. Um, so yeah, so next year it'll be out. Uh, Hopefully.
1: steered is what we know. Okay.
0: So all we know <laughs> is that it's not this year. Okay.
1: Not this year.
0: Okay. Microsoft adds Open SSH support to PowerShell.
1: What? Yeah. And I think it's already in the Fall Creators update as well. Okay. So, you know, everybody who, you know, Open SSH is a great tool that a lot of people, um, you know, add through external programs. And now it's just there. Uh-huh. A lot of people say uh, it's about time.
0: Yeah, and you could always go into like the – well, I shouldn't say always. I mean, in the recent history, you could go to the uh, a Windows subsystem for Linux and also use these tools. Um, so that was a different way. But it's it's nice just to see this being uh, more pervasive throughout the OS. So very cool.
1: Yeah. So now tools like PuTTY are going to not be downloaded nearly as much once yep. everybody learns how to use it. Woohoo. hoo um, Okay. The State of JavaScript 2017 – Yeah. um, I I don't know exactly who put this on, but there is, you know, one of those kind of questionnaires uh, that gets sent out to developers about, you know, uh, in this particular one, it's JavaScript developers about, you know, what's the latest and greatest. And we always really like seeing these results. And sometimes there's some really cool uh, nuggets in here. Um, so, you know, just first and foremost on kind of like the first page, you know, there's multiple different like flavors of of JavaScript. There's like plain JavaScript, there's ES6, there's TypeScript, Flow, Elm, so on and so forth. And, and by far ES6 is, uh, the winner of the survey. So that's not really too surprising. People wanting to stay on the latest and greatest of the, of the normal stuff.
0: Well, and you don't really have a choice in like your browser, right? I mean, you just—it is what it is, I guess. Oh, I suppose this is, this is also backend as well. Yes. Okay.
2: Well, you know, and developers like to write in their version of of JavaScript, and then count on a, a transpiler to work it down to the version for that. that. That's true.
0: That's a good point. And
2: so they're probably thinking more about like, hey, well, what do what do developers like to write in? And then, of course, they just rely on the tooling to make sure that it gets transpiled to the something the browser will understand.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, TypeScript is a big one in here, which is great. Uh, it's good to see, uh, 8,000 people who have used it before and would use it again. So that's pretty cool. Um, and actually th- that's actually a great example of I've used it before and would not use it again. Uh, the numbers are very low for TypeScript, uh, which is what I figured. Like it's once, once you, once you try a TypeScript, it's, uh, it's tough to go back. Everyone's while, I still have to write in JavaScript, but I sure love TypeScript. Um, but what kind of blew my mind in this is whenever you get into some of these other sections. So, first of all, this website. Yeah, this website is really difficult to use. I don't know, or interpret or read. I don't know what it is about this site. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, I was looking in here, and they have, um, you know, usage, uh, who's used the various technologies like React and Angular. Those ones are big, obviously. Some of these were a little bit surprising to me, like Vue.js. JS um was was pretty significant i mean there was actually a big category I've u- of i've i've used it and would use it again
1: and bigger than angular too
0: yeah yeah Now uh, barely barely but barely. they're all sort of tied but actually you know that's kind of interesting too because Angu- you know there was angular 1 and then it seems like there's a like a a bit of a split there right you know there's mm-hmm. people that are just like oh well you know i don't know if i'd use angular 2 and then vue co- comes along and people are like oh i should use that so um You know, there's just more things for people to rally around. So it ends up splitting up the community a little bit. A scale of one to five, how happy are developers with the current state of front-end tools? (laughs) 3.8. Interesting. Interesting. can
1: always be better. Yeah. So I think one of the most interesting ones, if you go all the way down to the other tools section, the uh, third chart down for text editors, essentially what is the newest text editor is... First, by a long shot, VS Code. What section was that under? Other tools.
0: Other tools. Okay. And then I have to sc- – yeah, this is so weird how this is categorized. <laughs> Text at
1: v- – whoa. So VS Code Jeez. is what, two, two years old right now? It's just dominating. And everything else on there is way older. You have Atom and Sublime Text, and then you have like WebStorm, Vim, Emacs, Notepad++. plus plus. Now, so some- we, what we talked about on the show, though, is there's, <clears throat> there's always the survey
0: fallacy, right? Because, yep. um, you know, 100 people, 100% of people surveyed, you know, took the survey. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's like bias like already in there. Um, one thing that I find a little hard to believe is that um, Adam actually uh, has a lot higher number than Sublime Text. That seems kind of surprising to me. But like you said, VS Code, I mean, is like double both of them. Which is uh, which is pretty wild. Vim is is actually, is actually... <laughs> a decent contender there as well. Actually I wonder with Adam and Sublime Text though if there's if there's kind of a splitting of the of the audience there. And then we were laughing about this earlier because I think what we were looking at, we were looking at front end to was it front end tools or no it was back end. And uh, let's see here. Isn't there where was the one that had oh you go under develop you go under back end and they go under developers? And you mm-hmm. can look at the, the salaries. And then if you scroll down, you see the number of years of experience. And, uh, and uh, let's see here. Okay, so it wasn't back end. So it's front end. Front end. Then click on developers, developers. And then look at the number of user experience. Backbone. So uh, seven, seven. 7% of backbone experience of users have had more than 20 years of experience. <laughs> uh, 6% of Aurelia users have more than 20 years of experience. Is nobody questioning these numbers? I, don't, I just <laughs> I don't understand this these frameworks are not that old view um angular too so
1: there, there's obviously uh some some fudging of the numbers at least by you know the people who have taken this but you know i i do think there's certain trends you can you yeah. can see about that with some of these
0: yeah i think it's most useful whenever you're trying to pick a new technology or switch careers or something like that for sure
1: anything else you wanted to highlight in there no uh, Uh, Just check out the show notes and look at this for yourself.
0: Perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's talk to Jeff because we want to talk about progressive web apps. So I guess let's just start with, like, uh, what the heck are they? Like, I've heard about them. Yeah. (laughs) So what are they?
2: Well, um, you know, in the uh, web development world, they're um, kind of the next step, you could say, in application development. You know, we've been, as web developers, we've been building apps out of JavaScript and HTML for years. And um, you may even say 20 plus years. (laughs) I I knew you'd say that. (laughs) 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 So, um, you know, like we use things like Cordova to do packaged apps. I mean, even when we released Windows 8, we had a a packaged application. And, you know, there's been Ionic, there's been um, Chrome apps, there was Firefox apps for a season... Um, And, you know, so we've kind of been moving in this direction where um, we've needed some standardization in that space. Well, in the Windows side, with Windows 10, we introduced hosted web apps, Mm -hmm. which um, uh, was basically the idea that you can leave your content hosted on the server and use it to build a store application. Well, um, around the same time, you know, Google was starting to build an app structure as well. Mozilla was out there looking for what the next thing was from the Firefox apps. We were working on this spec called the W3C manifest Mm -hmm. that was supposed to um, standardize a bunch of the metadata about the applications. And so we started discussing like, hey, if we're all trying to build a solution that helps web developers build applications from web content, um, we should work together. And if any way possible, build something that runs everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's what progressive web apps is. So it is a web, it's web content that can progress to be an application in certain scenarios um, without leaving the web aspect of that application behind.
1: All right, so you said progress. So is this like a a scale of features where we can start from like very minimal, just add one tiny thing to kind of everything else?
2: Yeah, so the idea with the progressive um, aspect of it, uh, you know, um, you're you're probably familiar with uh, progressive enhancement, Mm -hmm. you know, a a development uh, process where you can say, hey, we want to make sure that your code Works delivers functionality in a base scenario. You know, progressive enhancement. And Aaron Gusterson, who's who's um, on my team at Microsoft here as well, talked about this for years, where a page should work without JavaScript, right? And then as you use that page in environments where more features are supported, the app should take advantage of more features. Well, progressive web apps is the same way. If you are viewing that app in a browser it should behave like a browser application it should not it it should be functional right you should be able to 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 deliver your base functionality but depending on the environment that you're in it should be able to take advantage it should be able to progress to take advantage of more and more features up to the point that it is an application all right so Depending on the platform that you're using this on, a progressive web app is going to have different feature sets that you can take advantage of. One of the base new standards that comes along with progressive web apps is that of Service Workers. Well, Service Workers is a uh, technology that basically allows you to add a proxy JavaScript file to your website that helps you to control the uh, traffic of your site. And you can imagine when you can control the traffic of your site, now you're able to um, make sure that your files are running offline. You're able to handle poor network conditions. Um, you're able to do is some extreme amount of caching to speed up your site. So um, in an environment where a service worker is supported, like on an Android phone device, your progressive web app should be able to take advantage of that service worker. However, it shouldn't ever depend on it to function. Okay. Now, on the Windows side of things, we already had a hosted web app platform that um, gave web developers an environment for um, bringing their applications into a store app um, scenario where they had access to all of the Windows APIs. They were in like a trusted environment, Right? And so then they could access all those APIs, they re- re- removed memory storage caps for those type of applications, and basically said, hey, you're, you're an app developer now, you can you know do whatever you want. If you want to ever access hardware, you can do that. So on Windows, progressive web apps will build on top of what we already have for hosted web apps. So you'll have access to APIs on um, Windows that you don't have access to when you're running a progressive web app on um, Android. Um, However, I wouldn't be surprised if they start adding that type of thing to Android. There seems to be some indications out there that that's the direction they're going as well.
1: Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Supports all major programming languages and platforms, and integrates with your current development workflow tools too. There's a free 14 day trial, and it takes minutes to implement. So start resolving issues in your application and check it out today at raygun.com.
0: So, like, who invented this? When I searched for uh, PWA, I got a whole bunch of different explanations of the acronym, (laughs) but then I did see progressive web apps, and uh, it looked—I mean, Google made it look like it was their thing. Is it? Did they invent this?
2: well, I'm going to say no. Okay. But okay. that that it's with a caveat because um it, have firstly, they sort of we, branded it. We we ha- we've had hosted web apps That's kind of yeah. brand that we were going with.
0: Yeah, and you've been Early doing on, that for 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 years. I mean, that that's, that's that Windows was Windows 10. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. surprising. Was I I know you've been sort of doing this type of thing for years and years and years. And now it just seems like, you know, like the next iteration of it.
2: Yeah. Well, um I, I, I can tell you a story about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 kind of fun. That that leads into this. So, let's see here. It was with I in IE eleven. See, I don't really know years. Mm-hmm. I know versions <laughs> of IE as as a point of reference for the past. Yep. yep. So during the IE eleven timeframe, um, I was at a a, a, a um, conference. Um, it was actually called the Edge Conference, Edge. And I first met Alex Russell mm-hmm. there um, from Google. And and he actually is a, a big player in getting progressive web apps started in the Google space. Uh, he and I did not really get along. We had some uh, very public um, disagreements during one of the forums. Um, and then afterwards... You know, I was like, I need to talk to this guy because, you know, he's driving me crazy. But I think <laughs> he actually um, is kind of akin to the way I'm thinking. And at the time, I had started working on a project on my own called the Web App Template. Yep. And that was in Windows 8.1. So in that time frame where you, where you could basically do this same type of thing. You could take your website and turn it into a store app. And at that time, it was called the web app template because it was a visual studio template that you would install. And then um, you'd have a configuration file, Mm -hmm. which um, as it would have, it was based off of the W3C manifest. What is today? The W3C manifest was the standard that I was using for web app templates. So I was working on this. Well, and then Alex shared with me the same, very similar type of approach that he was working with inside of google and he didn't really have a name for it at that point but he was saying you know like it has to work offline has to be network independent it has to be linkable it has to have a scope and so we had a beer and it was a very loud bar and we were drawing out diagrams trying to challenge each other um you know as to what these different um, you know, these different platforms should, should contain. And then we kind of went our separate ways. We've, we've kept in contact ever since, but you know, he went back to Google and we started hearing work about them trying to figure out what came after Chrome apps, right? Because they didn't feel like Chrome apps was the right direction. They were building something that, um, was going to be better, was really going to have a way to control your network traffic. They very early, um, latched on to the term progressive web apps um, f- Frankly, if you ask Alex it was it was not him who invented that term it, it happened elsewhere but Google very quickly um, latched onto it uh, We went with the term hosted web apps because it was kind of a progression of our packaged web apps and um, so we were saying hosted web apps they were saying um, progressive web apps. Well, at this point, whenever we come to a point of conversion where the stuff that Alex was working on five years ago and the stuff that I was working on five years ago has actually come to a head um, and become very much the same thing, we knew we had to settle on a name. And we felt like the term progressive web apps was a better term for the standard than um, hosted web apps. We think hosted web apps had some connotations with it because of the way that... um, Google had used it with their Chrome applications um, that made it feel more like a bookmark than an application. Um, although we don't think that's how Windows developers looked at it. So we said, yeah, absolutely. Let's go with a unified term of progressive web apps to make it clear to developers that this is based off of standards. So they should be able to write it once and write it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we have service workers in Windows where... Um, just now delivering service workers without a flag into the Windows Insiders builds. Um, We're pushing that towards RS4. Um, we, um, We have a W3C manifest support out there, which is another component of service workers. That has support in Chrome on Android. It has support in Firefox on Android and Firefox on iOS, and it um, has support th- on Windows through the um, uh, through the PWA builder, where we can actually take the W three C manifest and use it to convert an appx. So we're really kind of to that place where now you're building one 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 manifest. You're building using the same cross-platform website, and you're adding a cross-platform service worker to it to control, um, you know, your offline content, and you've got one app that's running everywhere.
1: All right, so let, let's slow down a little bit because I think you blew by like a bunch of really cool things really quickly there, and I just <laughs> Probably, want to make sure I understand yeah. all this. So, so first of all, you know, you know, we started this discussion. You know, Microsoft was doing one thing, Google is doing another, but. With service workers and manifests, these are the two concrete things we can look to right now. So I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Mozilla documentation on manifest. So looking right here, I mean, it has like names, colors, icons. This looks like stuff that would, um, that a store needs in order right. to like register it. And then you like immediately followed that up with, uh, I can't remember the exact word, but essentially like an Apex converter. So like, so like what, what do you have or what did you really mean by that? So there's technology out there that can just take this uh, manifest something that might have uh, other progressive web app features like service workers and turn this into something that I can put into the store.
2: Yes. Okay. Good question. So Um, on, from, from a Windows perspective, we thought about like, Hey, um, you know, we looked and saw what Google was doing a few years ago and they were basically running progressive web apps from the browser. It was something that ran inside the browser and Mm -hmm. technically it, it still is on most platforms, but they've kind of moved to a model very similar to our hosted web app. Um, you know, the, the app container model. But at any rate, we're looking at that. And we're like, you know, they're running in the browser. We looked at the kind of the user base on windows and said, you know, we users know what a website is and they know what a store app is. Do we really want to introduce a third category? You know, this kind of half app, half website thing. It's a convertible. And it's a convertible. <laughs> yeah, it's like a convertible. It's a two in one. Um, and we decided, no, that, we think the right way to go, at least to start, is to make things websites or make them apps. So from that point, we decided progressive web apps will be in the store. Okay. Now we we laid out our vision for this earlier this year at the Edge Comp, where we said, you know, e- eventually when, or, or I shouldn't say eventually because it's 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 something that's that's happening. The the end goal is to have Bing out there discovering the manifest. Bing actually is already discovering the manifest. They're finding all of this, the the manifest out there. They're finding which sites have service workers on them. They're finding which sites are um, accessible and which ones are performing, all that type of data. So we want to be able to take that data and use it to auto-ingest the PWAs into the store. What? Okay, so Bing discovers the PWAs into the store. Now, during this time right now, when that is not a reality for most developers, you have to take your manifest and turn it into an Apex to put the Apex in the store. Mm. Very much like if you're on Android now and you want to put your PWA in the Android store, you have to get a web APK or whatever they renamed that to. Okay. Um, so at any rate, um, the tool that's going to help you do that is the PWA Builder. Okay, so pwabuilder.com, it's it's a, a program that was started by Microsoft. I, myself, is a, am a core contributor. Um, we have some really amazing um, people working on it. Um, we're actually right now converting the website to TypeScript, so we're pretty excited about that. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. And Vue.js, yes. Yeah.
0: I hope um, all your devs have at least 20 years of experience in TypeScript. <laughs> 20
2: plus is our yeah. requirement. Yeah. yeah, we don't take anything less than that. Um, so at any rate, yeah. The, right now, you can actually go and um, go there to create a manifest. You can go there to get some some starter service workers, and then at the end, you can download packages and create apexes to submit right to the store, um, or you know, code decide loads. So we're trying to just remove the barriers um, during this period so that web developers can easily get those PWAs into the store. Now, remember, we're in RS3, you know, we're in the fall creators update space. So um, in that, in the public builds, service workers are not on by default. Um, In the Windows Insider builds, they are now starting to be turned on. So your service worker um, in an RS3 space isn't going to work inside of the application. Okay. But it's coming.
1: So, so, I you've made it kind of clear what the uh, the goal for Microsoft is to get PWA's. So, does does Google have a similar vision of indexing sites that have manifest and getting them into the Google Play Store?
2: Um, you know, I'll settle for kind of clear. It's like Friday; it's the last day of work for me before <laughs> I, I take off to the holidays. If I'm even partially clear, I think that we're we're doing amazing. All right, so I would I'd love to speak to Google's goals. Um I don't think they 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 consider me an authorized spokesperson, but <laughs> um we have had many discussions and they've shared data about um the uh the rate that people install progressive web apps and then the re engagement that they get from that. Um but they've also shared that They're taking what they've done on Chrome OS and replacing it with PWAs. So reading between the lines, um, they're not going to have Chrome apps anymore. The app structure is very big, especially in EDU. So I'm guessing they'll have either some sort of listing for their PWA specifically. And let, let's be realistic. A store is just a listing, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just this it's a search engine. Um, just like we put all of the listings for our apps inside of Bing Search Results, um, we could easily just you know filter it down to be PWA. So I'm not sure if they're gonna be doing that um, through that listing or if they're gonna be putting it all like the only channel will be through the, the play store they have uh, talked about being able to generate your web apks at some point soon which we want to incorporate into pwa builder as well but generate those web apks which will go into the play store so yeah for google it'll be an option whether it'll be the only channel um, for that type of listing discovery or not i'm not sure
0: Okay. So will this or could this replace native apps? I mean, kind of kind of across the board or is that just kind of a silly question?
2: No, I actually it's it's a good question because I actually, I hear that a lot. People saying, Oh, well, that's the end of native apps. And um that's not the case at all. Like I don't I don't see any version of the future where Um, You know, the store applications go away in progressive web apps any more than the last 20 years we've seen websites overtake native applications or native applications or mobile apps overtake websites. There's clearly a space in the world for both of them. Um, What we've seen when you look at like, hey, well, what do native apps do really well? Like if you look at like mobile apps, they get really good reengagement. Mm -hmm. right? Someone installs an application, they use it more than they do a website. Websites get a lot of traffic. So Mm -hmm. the idea with the progressive web app, where you can try to have kind of best of both worlds, um, gives your website an opportunity to be in that scenario where it gets higher engagement. Um, so however,
0: is, is this, this, you were cutting out there, Jeff,
2: sorry. Yeah. All right. I just, just comparing it to native though. Yeah. I, I would not, um, I mean, there's, there's always going to be a place for native. If there's not a place for native, then you're doing it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Because native is always going to be more performant. It's always going to have access to deeper level, um, you know, APIs. And so, um, you know, games productivity, uh, you know, there's tons of categories out there that are going to be native and, um, If we take away a channel for that native, then I think users will suffer. So I, I anticipate seeing these things live side by side um, in years to come. I don't think users are going to really care if they're using a PWA or if they're using a native app. Um, I think they're just going to want really good functionality.
1: So speaking of living side by side, um, if if I have a web app for my website, is there any relationship between the two Does one kind of flow into the other? Can they be different, or can one just kind of kind of flow into the other?
2: well I'll give you my take on that because we're kind of looking to see what developers are doing in that space because there are options Chrome and I believe Firefox as well will give you like a little banner. That's mm-hmm. that automatically drops down if you have a manifest and says, "Hey, you can install me." Um, there's the idea of related applications in the manifest where you can say, "Hey, um, I prefer that you use the PWA or I prefer that you use the mobile app, um, then you do the, or I prefer you use the website." So there's that type of um, thing as well. But um, w- I think that developers will mostly um, give options for their users to continue to use it in the browser or to upgrade to an app. Um, Frankly, from an app perspective, I think if you are just doing the exact same thing you are in the browser and doing it in the app, I don't think your users will be super excited about your app. (laughs) Like you kind of want to give them a reason to install it. So um, sometimes you even just see... uh, a different like landing experience making a big difference. Um, on the web, our home pages tend to be marketing driven um, and kind of try to sell that first time visitor. Uh, that's not really what users expect when they open an application. If it looks like a, um, you know, a marketing page, you think they're going to be disappointed. So, you know, give them a persistent login, give them a You know, a drop into a, um, you know, a landing page that gets them right into whatever they're trying to do on your site. So even things like that make a big difference. And then, of course, take advantage of service workers. Take advantage of unlimited storage. Take advantage of API access that you don't have in the browser. Mm -hmm. And I think that will make the users want to use the app over the website.
0: Yeah, this is really interesting because we have a, you know, we have a website for the podcast. And uh, I was just thinking, like, it it could be a progressive web app, but... I would probably design it completely different but now it kind of has me questioning the entire design of our website and that it might the website itself might be designed <laughs> wrong. Um so I'm not even sure you know if if I would if I would want those to be the same or different. I can, it kind of feels like I'd want them to be the same because I have like the same goals um in that yeah. particular case. Um but you know I think our our site is not really when I think about a, a good mobile experience, it's definitely not the way it's laid out right now. Um, because whenever you think about a podcast, I usually think about here is a list of list of, of like recent episodes. episodes. And it kind of tries to get you like, you know, hey, which one of these do you want to listen to? And it's funny because our website is designed totally different. It's always here are the show notes on the latest episode. You know, it's a completely different goal. Yeah. So maybe we need to design our redesign our Website. website. And then actually, th- you know, kind of um, think through the progressive web app at the same time.
2: Yeah, you know, Twitter recently um, released the beta for their PWA recently, as in the in the spring. Oh. You know, they released the beta for their PWA, and um, they called it Twitter Lite. Okay, and so they started moving traffic from the mobile Twitter into that. And if you – and, you know, we did this a Build. We kind of took a side-by-side of the Twitter Android app and the Twitter um, Progressive Web app. And, you know, honestly, the experience is almost identical between the two. Mm -hmm. You know, it really was geared towards giving that um, uh, reengagement – easy reengagement experience to that. Now – If you take that same app, though, and you move it over to a progressive web app that's geared towards a desktop or a tablet, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to lack. So, you know, like, you need to make sure. And Now, one of the things is Twitter actually. Still there, Jeff? Still there, Jeff? Yeah, I'm here. We just lost you for a second. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It'll be, your voice will still be in there in the final cut, so
2: you're fine. Yeah, I'm recording (laughs) in this sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Twitter does engage in responsive design, you know, to make sure that it works well on like a desktop PC or a tablet screen, not just a mobile. Um, so they do those type of things. But, you know, like when I think about like Twitter, what I'm, I'd be really excited to use the Twitter PWA for are things like on my desktop that I want to do, like watch video, you know, like and have that be able to run in, a, in, a, in an application. Um, you know, like if Twitter, Twitter did some NFL, um, games this year and it was like, wow, this is actually really cool. First of all, I'm a cord cutter, so I don't have uh, regular access, mm-hmm. but, um, they, you know, they gave me access to the games, but then it's like, I'm watching it like in a tweet. Right. It's like, I don't actually want to do that on a mobile device. I want to do that on a bigger screen. You know, I want to, um, you know, watch it on a, a, a um, you know, on, on my tablet, on my surface. Yeah. So. You know, th- things like that, being able to take advantage of that bigger screen, I think, is what's going to make the difference between um, successful PWAs um, on Windows and ones that aren't as successful.
0: Yeah. What, what about iOS? Are they supported on iOS? Because I did go to, I went to pwa.rocks, and I was, like, all excited yeah. about PWAs, and then I, I pushed the button, you know, to pin it to the desktop, and and then I went, and it was just kind of the ugly version of the icon. It wasn't, it clearly wasn't, like, it didn't look like a PWA.
2: So, you know, we don't really get a lot of info from Apple about what their <laughs> plans are. <laughs> I'm, shocked. I'm shocked. But <laughs> there's clear indications that they're moving that direction. And I've heard the same thing from uh, from folks at Google, that they're excited about what Apple's done. Okay. We've seen Apple send some representatives to some of our PWA talks mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, that's good. We, we also know that they're implementing service workers into um, – you know, into Safari at this point, I I just, I have no idea what the end product is going to look like on iOS. Yeah, you're right. They don't have any support for, they don't support manifest. They don't support service workers. You know, they don't, they don't have a lot of those things uh, today. We know they're working on at least some of that. Um, I do think that they're going to be supporting the same experience that we saw in other platforms. I don't know whether it's going to end up in the store for them or if they're going to want to have a different discovery experience. Um, It's hard to tell. Okay. And then I have a a specific
0: question for you. Um, When I am in essentially app mode, um, which actually probably isn't even a good way of thinking of things, but if if I'm installed as an app, do I have to worry about uh, things like cores? You know, cause like if you're in a website, then you have to worry about cores, right? I go try to request some random resource and it's like, no, no, you didn't have your pre-flight headers or whatever. And it's, it's such a huge pain. <laughs> and that's one of the nice things in an app is you can just go out there and start like paying websites or doing whatever. So how does that work yeah. in a PWA?
2: Well, so your PWA, you can think of it really as kind of a standalone window to your browser. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're going to be, you have a domain. It's going to be the domain of that site. Yeah. So your domain rules just like you have limited uh, with cores and things. That's not the right answer. To to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can give you a, I can give you a consolation prize though. Um, okay. On Windows, we do, do have access to the networking stack mm-hmm. through the WinRT APIs. So if you have that experience on Windows, we do have a way for you to work around that and get app-like. Um, you know, uh, HTTP request. Um, it just isn't something you'll get across all the different platforms. Okay,
1: Aspose offers a powerful set of file management APIs with which developers can create applications, which can create, open, edit, and save the majority of popular business file formats. Their product range supports a multitude of file formats, including Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, PDF documents, OneNote, Outlook, Project, Visio files, popular image formats, and many others. Aspose produces APIs for .NET, Java, and the Cloud, which can be utilized in almost any modern language available today. Visit www.aspose.com for a free 30-day no-limitations trial. And if you get stuck, message the friendly support team for help. All technical support is offered free of charge. Remember, if you're a lucky winner, you will receive a free developer small business license for expose.words that for.net, a powerful toolkit to work with word documents in your applications. So one of the things I was kind of playing around with is I went to uh, the PWA builder site and uh, I typed in MS show.com. And all of a sudden I realized that it pulled in like all this rich metadata. So uh, I had forgotten uh, back when, uh, the uh when JS apps were around, you could pin a site and have a live tile for that. And we had set that up for ourselves a long time ago and it looks oh, like it yeah. pulled, it pulls in all of this information for us. So we actually have a good portion of this wow. manifest that's uh you've pre built for us. So already. we just converted to PWA live.
2: <laughs> live. <laughs> Do it live. You know The funny thing is, is because before a manifest, there was just tons of meta tags that we added to our sites for different platforms. So one of the things, one of our principles was as well, we want to try to do as much as this for you as possible. And so we actually go and we parse all the meta tags first. We find any images that we can reuse. We find descriptions and titles and those type of things. And try to reuse them. And then if we can't find it there, then we start to dig into the page itself. And we'll pull the title from the page. You know, we'll pull the languages from the page and stuff so that we can kind of pre-fill as much of that as we can. So I'm trying to make life easy for you guys.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So ship it, Carl. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. So uh I was watching a Pluralsight course on PWAs and they were talking about the nine attributes of PWA. I don't know if you're familiar with these. Ah, so, um, yes. so there's responsive, works offline, app like, fresh, safe, discoverable, re-engageable, installable, linkable. So I, I guess I, I just wanted to ask, like, is that is that sort of a universally accepted list, or did somebody just make that up or <laughs>
2: Now you know, and um, there's there's been a couple of different like PWA sites that out there have kind of outlined these type of things. Here's here's my opinion though, and maybe I'm a little bit old school web here, but all of those are attributes of a good website, right? Like y- yes, those are things that we do want to see inside a PWA. They're not things that are required to be a PWA, but they're just things that are good. To have like they're just things you need to have a good experience for your users. So, um, I, I strongly represent re- recommend that you are first a solid web app before you move into the progressive web app space. I don't know that like there's nothing magical about a progressive web app that it's going to take a crappy website and make it popular or make it better for your users. Dang it, That's that was, like oh, it's, I was
0: hoping. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> we're still we're we're still missing that one attribute you yeah. know but um, ha, so that's kind of where I, 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 I the way that I approach this is like you know what let's do all of this stuff anyways don't tell me you're only going to be safe when you're you progressed to a PWA just be safe all the time mm-hmm. right be responsive all the time work offline all the time you know don't don't wait for a scenario like an app space to do that just do it everywhere Um, but I would also say if you're missing anything on this list, you probably want to, um, think twice before you go into an app space, because, um, if you go into like a, you know, a store or whether it's ours or Google's and you, uh, um, put yourself up for user reviews and stuff, if you're, if you're missing any of those attributes, you're, you're probably going to regret it. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you know, if I build this really awesome PWA, um, You talked about how it could get auto-sucked into the store. What if I, as an app developer, want to charge for my web app? What's that story uh, look like?
2: Yeah, so we'll always continue to provide a channel for um, developers to be able to monetize their applications um, or do things like, you know, push through the store, you can always be an Apex, right? And so if you are not, the, like if you are auto-indexed, um, we'll we'll leave a way for you to take ownership of that application yourself, okay? that's the, we ne- There's never going to be a, a scenario where you as developer can't take, take control of that listing. You'll always be able to do that. Once you take control of that listing, you take ownership of that APEX, um, then you've got the control to um, customize the um, store listing page and then, of course, change the monetization scenarios. So um, we have, we'll have ways when we do index. Um, although the, the, the web app manifest is made to be a signal That You are an app, not a website. Um, So that's kind of what we're basing our discovery off of is like we're only looking for sites that are out there publishing manifests saying that they are an app. Um, But if for some reason you're still publishing your manifest and you don't want to be listed, we'll have mechanisms to say, no, don't list me in the store. Um, and then you can just go and go to PWA builder or open visual studio or use make Apex, create your own Apex and submit it to the store. Okay. And that way you, when you do that process, you're able to then um, create monetization channels. I've got a PWA that I'm working on that. Um, yeah, it's, I use in app purchases and that's kind of like the, the way that I'm, I'm monetizing it. So for me, um, Auto-discovery is not the way to go. I actually am in there in the store creating my um, my IAP entries, my in-app purchase entries so that I can sell things through the store um, and make money off of it. No ads, it's just in-app purchase.
1: Okay. So and another thing that can be, you know, in today's app store environment for a mobile app developer that's, you know... A, Part of daily life is getting rejected from the store for some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Is is there going to be quality standards that have to be hit before they'll get ingested?
2: So we've talked a lot about well, do we you know treat PWAs differently than other apps because of the way that they're being collected? And um, you know, I, I think the the consensus that um, I hear is that no, they should be treated like an app. So um, in our store, we do have. Um certain, uh, you know, like qualifications that you have to meet, um, certain standards that you have to to reach to be in the store. So for example, we will not index porn PWAs and put them in the store. Um, we'll not index adult rating sites. We won't index, um, you know, sites that sell, Um, you know, stuff that's not approved and not as familiar with the the store policies, but whatever, we wouldn't approve in there. Um, So, you know, the same standards that's going to be for an application, if you were a XAML or a native developer, is the same um, level of, uh, you know, app that you're going to have to have if you're a PWA.
1: Okay. So is it, uh, like, if I generate an AppX today, I can... uh run that inside of, <clears throat> excuse me, the Windows application cert, uh, kit, um, which will run it through those store tests. Um, will I be able to do that ahead of time with uh PWA as well, just to make sure that I, I know what's good and I know what, what's not working.
2: Yes. Yep. Awesome. So, um, you're, you can, one of the things that, um, PWA builder gives you, if you go and download the windows package, there is a PowerShell script that um, you can run to sideload that application on any PC that is dev, you know, is in developer mode. Uh, then you can run the Windows App Certification Kit against it. Uh, one of the things, too, that we're striving to do with PWA Builder is make sure that we are um, meeting everything that you would need to so that basically you can know anytime you get an Apex from that um, from us, it'll pass. Um, so for example, in our preview channel, which is like the preview.pwabuilder.com, we've made changes to some of our icons because some of the um, icons for the badge, like the the lock screen badge on Windows, um, they re- they're required to be white. And so that was, if they weren't white, they'd fail cert for people. And it would be really a bummer when we hear from developers, it's like, oh yeah, I did all this. And then it failed serve because these images that you resized for me weren't right. So we have changes in the preview channel now to fix that for badge images. We're also looking now at like image sizes, because now that you can go to like 300% of the images, you know, your tile images on windows, now you start to potentially run up against the image um, file size. Um, mm. limit. And so we're trying to figure out, in fact, if we have any um, any ASP.NET developers who want to <laughs> volunteer to help us, our image generator is ASP.NET. And um, we could use some help on that, because we're trying to figure out how to know whether the image file size is too large, and then know what to do with it. If it is, you know, do we just make it smaller in more white space or should we lower the resolution? We're not sure yet, but we want to make sure that basically whatever you build from us will pass um, whack for you.
0: Okay. Very cool. Is there anything else that, uh, uh, you know, like Microsoft is working on that in, in this space that, that you can share with us?
2: So, you know, the web is changing all the time and I can tell you, we've had a lot of excitement from, the uh, release of edge on um, iOS and Android. Um, I think that has been a huge win for us. Um, Developers are giving us great feedback there. They love to see us playing in multiple spaces. We have users who are now doing sync, you know, of like their bookmarks and passwords from their, their Android device into um, edge on windows. Um, So I think that some of the stuff that's happening in that space and the ability to be using Edge on multiple devices, and then having that sync into the timeline on your PC and the pickup where you went off, and those type of things are really making an integrated experience with Windows—not just Edge, but with Windows that like you're not getting anywhere else. You know the the I, I'm I'm sad that um, you know Windows Phone is not um, a path forward anymore. I was a user for years and I know many other folks are, but it's really cool for me to see the strategy of putting our apps on those, all those mobile devices like edge, and then seeing it just kind of like magically work with the apps on my surface and on my, my PC. Um, it, it makes for some really exciting scenarios. um, there's opportunities to do some of that in the PWA space as well. So I think that, um, you know, we'll see some some interesting stuff at play coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? Um, anything that we didn't ask you questions about?
2: Wow, I think we covered a lot. I okay. probably talked too much for you guys, but. No, no, it's um, just the right amount. Just the right amount. I would say watch the Edge blog. We've got some news coming up as we're pushing new features into the Windows Insider builds. If you're not a Windows Insider, um, please find one of your machines and sign up for for your Windows Insider builds because that's where we're getting the majority of our feedback on these types of things. And we would love to get more of that from web developers. Um, And, uh, you know, Keep your eye on PWA Builder, try it out yourself, and, you know, let me know um, if you have any questions.
0: Okay, so now what I need you to do is pick a number between 1 and 4, inclusive, and uh, don't pick 3 because I think I'm
2: out of 3s. So it it can't be 1.2?
0: It could. I'm going to round it, though. (laughs) So if you pick 1.2, I'm
2: going to pick 1. All right, 1. Okay
0: uh let's see here. okay would you rather chew gum from under a movie theater seat or eat half a hamburger you got out of the trash at mcdonald's
2: um definitely the mcdonald's yeah (laughs) i've got something about gum like i don't even like to reach you my own gum so yeah definitely i don't know who
0: does (laughs) are there like sides i mean are there people who do that like they recycle their gum
2: yeah, my brother used to. He had a little thing <laughs> called a gum saver. It was this so, little thing he had on his nightstand, and he'd take his gum out at night and put it on the gum saver. Me? And it was me? disgusting. But listen, hamburgers are round, right? Yeah. Which means there's always going to be part of it that hasn't touched someone's mouth. Yeah. So yeah. you could totally just eat from the other side and and pretend like it's a new hamburger. <laughs>
1: So, we we just watched the old and new Willy Wonka's, and that's one of the characters in there. She rechews her gum because she's got like a world record in
2: uh, gum chewing for like a single piece. Uh, yeah, she probably had a gum saver on her uh, nightstand as well.
1: Oh, wasn't a lot. She stuck it behind that's probably her ear from, in the movie.
2: <laughs> okay. It's probably from a different generation, right? When gum was expensive and you didn't want to <laughs> waste. I don't know.
0: Okay, pick a number, Carl. I'll take four. Number four. Here we go. For the rest of your life, would you rather choose the same drink and the same meal every time you eat or have someone else always choose what you eat for you? Bacon. There. There. And what drink? I'll choose bacon. I'll choose, choose bacon. And what for the drink too? Like, yes, you can make <laughs> more bacon. <laughs> you, can,
1: you can make a drink. We'll just blend it. And you're
0: like bacon and bacon.
1: <laughs>
0: there we go. Problem solved. Uh, I, you know, I hate to go against the bacon, but um, <laughs> like, like uh, I think I think the second answer actually makes a lot more sense because the first one, you literally always have to eat the same thing, okay? And bacon is good. Bacon but if somebody else chooses, like,
1: so it depends upon if I get to pick that person. Really, well, yeah. It doesn't so say right, if it's so. If so it's, I will say, it's like, your worst there, there's enemy. Some people, So there's like some people that we work with. Yeah. Um, they're amazing at picking out food. Uh, yeah, um, picking up. Yeah, like really good. Like I, I would trust them way more than myself. But <laughs> just like without knowing that, bacon. Yeah, it's like so. It's so like think a about this. Chef. Chef.
2: What What if the other person? Also chose the same thing for every meal, but it was something that you didn't like. Like, I mean, that could really backfire. Like
0: anti-bacon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> What's the they opposite like, you're gonna have. Liver? You're going to have applesauce.
0: Yeah, they have liver every
2: meal. <laughs> <laughs> liver and applesauce every What's, meal for the rest whoa, 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 of your life. Wait, whoa, whoa. whoa. You don't like applesauce? Well, Not I don't like apples applesauce liver. compared to bacon. I mean, it's... yeah, but
0: you were like liver and applesauce as as if
2: they're in the same category. But it's like the same thing. It's just not your favorite. <laughs> Anything that's not your favorite would be less than eating bacon. No, you know. no. Th- th- okay, it, that
0: doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, because liver is something I don't like. So for a drink, you'd have to pick like um, uh, buttermilk, buttermilk, buttermilk okay. and liver.
2: So, Buttermilk and liver for every meal. You better hope I'm not the one who gets to choose because <laughs> that's probably what I would pick for you. <laughs> oh, choose the man. bacon. Choose bacon. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am.
0: I'm with Carl. Bacon to drink and okay. bacon to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Okay. Uh so Jeff, where can people find you?
2: Okay. Um I don't spend a whole lot of time on Twitter, but when I do, it's at Boy of Green. Um, and, um, boy, I guess it's going to be hard to find me. You can find me at, at <laughs> you know, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, just show up <laughs> Yeah, and ask for Jeff. <laughs> um, when I'm, when I'm not working at Microsoft, I actually live in South Texas. So, um, I spend a lot of time in the Texas Hill Country where we, uh, you know, wrangle cattle and, uh, you know, rope bulls and stuff like that.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Very cool, uh, Carl. Where can people find you?
1: I am on Twitter, so you can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer,
0: and I am Wrangling Bulls on Twitter dot com <laughs> slash YTechie. <Y-Tucky. laughs> so, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on here and giving us the lowdown on PWAs. Happy
2: to talk to you guys anytime.